You are listening to Uncommentary. So I want to talk to you about one of my favorite bookstores. Hearts and Minds Books is located in Pennsylvania. I've never been there, but I met the owner, Byron Borger, online, I think via Twitter. And um, I want to tell you why I use Hearts and Minds as often as I can. Uh, First, I'm a huge fan of independent booksellers. Uh, You know as well as I that when the great behemoth Amazon finally uh, began its quest to take over the world, um, that it is easy to order from Amazon, have the books delivered directly to your door. Uh, But over the course of several years, as Amazon was growing, a lot of independent booksellers, mom-and-pop type shops, uh, they really suffered, and many of them went out of business. Well, there's been a resurgence, and I'm really glad about that. Uh, And one of my favorites is Hearts and Minds Minds Books. And so if you'll go to heartsandmindsbooks.com, now this is what's simple about it. You're not going to see an inventory page. You're not going to see – you don't shop on heartsandmindsbooks.com in the way that you would at, say, barnesandnoble.com. Um, basically go to the inquiry page, uh, and you can send a message to Byron and ask, is a certain book available? Now they have hundreds of thousands of titles they can get, but that's where you start. Um, then you can go to the order page and you literally type in the name of the book that you want and the author, whether you want hardback or paperback, uh, and they'll respond to you and let you know what the availability is. Uh, how much shipping is going to be for your shipping options. Uh, And you say, well, doesn't that take a little bit of extra time? It does take a little bit of extra time. So if you need your book tomorrow, this may not be the route that you want to go, although they can ship overnight. But when you know you have some books coming up, whether they're textbooks or whether there's some other books, unless it's a special order or a self-published type of title that are harder to get, uh, if it's a normal book, uh, they can probably locate it for you. So you can go to the inquiry form and ask, Then you go to the order form and type in the information and uh, respond to all the information they ask for, and uh, they'll get back with you. And if you mention uncommentary in the uh, order blank, then uh, you'll get 20% off any title. You can also subscribe to the book notes where they feature several books uh, in each note with reviews, and you can order those through booksandheartsandminds.com as well. Uh, But I really encourage you to check them out, especially if if only 10% of your book orders uh, you switch over to to them. That'll be huge for them, and it won't cost you that much more. Uh, and I'm trying to do at least that. And so I encourage you, heartsandminds.com, and mention Uncommentary Podcast for a 20% discount on most items, and they'll let you know when it applies. So we're in an election year, and things normally blow up, and people have a hard time keeping focus as far as behaving themselves. And conversations degenerate pretty quickly into screaming matches and finger pointing. And it may even be worse this year. We haven't hardly focused on the election in the way that we have in years past. And we are already in a situation where people are yelling and screaming about masks or the extent of coronavirus and COVID-19 and whether it's actually wave one or wave two. Um, and then politics as usual. And there's just so much. And uh, Christians... Uh, of whom I am one, often struggle with the way that we present ourselves, not only to the world, but to each other, uh, especially when we get out into the public space. And so my guest today is going to be talking about that. He's written a book called A Gentle Answer, based on one of the Proverbs, about how we can respond to uh, defuse or 
not even light situations that can cause all kinds of negative ramifications in conversation, uh, in the way that we treat each other, and the way that we come across in the public square. So I hope you enjoy this conversation today with Scott Sauls, the Senior Pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where you've been on staff since 2012. Now, were you like Southern Baptist before you went to Christ Presbyterian Church? No, no, I was not. I've well, been, uh, that might be a good thing. for a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was baptized. I was baptized in a Southern Baptist church. No but, kidding, uh, man. How do we let you get away? Good gracious. <laughs> Our loss. Uh, went to PCA Furman. PCA was where the where PCA was where the jobs were. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I went to Furman University. Yes. <laughs> Greenville, South Carolina. Oh man! And then, uh, and then, Covenants. Now, Furman actually has a football team, right? Don't I see them like on the scoreboard every now and then? They did when I was there, and I believe they still do. Uh, and they've uh, they they've generally competed pretty well in their their uh, Division One Double A conference. They 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 generally held their own. Well, how about the Covenant Seminary uh, football team? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I haven't kept up. <laughs> All right. So you founded churches in Kansas City and St. Louis, uh, taught preaching at Covington Theological Seminary. You're the author of five books, the most recent being A Gentle Answer, which we'll be talking about today, just released. Um, married, two daughters, I believe. Uh, you like to hike. Uh, all Man, most pastors seem to like that. That must have something to do with getting out of the grind or something. I don't know. Um, live music, which uh, lends itself to a Nashville residence, and Edley's Barbecue, which mm-hmm. also lends mm-hmm. itself to a Nashville residence. Although mm-hmm. I, I need to invite you, though, to Pop Attorney's Barbecue out uh, next to the, the lake on this side of town because um, he can give Edley's a run for the barbecue money. All right. Sounds great. So, Scott Sauls, welcome to Uncommentary. Thanks for having me. So um, you've written a book about um, like being nice, uh, a gentle answer from Proverbs, I'm assuming. Um, and it's timely. Uh, I think I told you before we before I hit record that uh, I'm familiar with the concept of giving a gentle answer. I'm not always great at living out that concept. Um, what kind of drove you uh, to writing this book? Or is it the product of something other than being driven? Uh, this one, the uh, the concept started brewing probably about eighteen months to a year ago, actually. And um, you know, my my agent was uh, and I were were having conversations about a uh, you know what what the next project would be, and um, you know, sort of speculating what the environment uh, in the culture would be like and. 2020 and it mm-hmm. sort of dawned on us that it was going to be an election year. And so, uh, having, having recollection of 2016, not being the most civil, uh, year, <laughs> um, you know, thought, thought, well, the gospel has something to say yeah. about how Christians especially are meant to engage, uh, uh, you know, uh, an acrimonious political environment and the irony is we're halfway through 2020 now and we haven't even started talking about the election isn't that so, crazy um yeah yeah it's, it's just uh the world is kind of caught on fire uh feels like and and uh so you know i'm sad for all the different reasons why 
this book has turned out to be such a timely one, but but thankful to be part of the conversation as well. I was going to say, um, we may not have gotten full bore into the election cycle as far as people fighting about it, but man, we seem to be able to find enough to fight about without the election being around. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some of the concerns that you have about the way that uh, especially Christians are behaving, uh, say, online or social media space or something like that, that that gives some evidence that uh, we need to be paying more attention to soft, gentle answers? Well, I think um, I think that it's it's um, I think I think American Christians in particular are always susceptible uh, to getting drawn in to uh, unhealthy mm-hmm. versions of partisan politics, and uh, are always susceptible to um, becoming disciples of of a political platform mm-hmm. or of a cable news channel, uh, like functional disciples. Uh, you know, a disciple is someone who learns mm-hmm. and who is shaped and formed uh, by a certain school of thought and a certain set of leaders. And, and there are a lot of Christians who have essentially defaulted to allowing themselves to be discipled by, um, by partisan political voices, as opposed to being discipled by Jesus. And, and that's what shaped and formed them the most. That's what's uh, fueled and formed their deep, most deeply held passions and preoccupations. And so that's probably my greatest concern: is that Jesus gets swapped out for Sean Hannity or Rachel Maddow. Uh, is this a matter uh, of you know, um, <laughs> is this a matter of time spent, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, that we're you know we gather or before COVID we gathered, but at least in theory we still gather online. Uh, on Sunday morning mm-hmm. for an hour, hour and a half, and then uh, the average believer, if they have a quiet time at all, it's you know just a few minutes, a page of Spurgeon or a page of Our Daily Bread and a Bible verse, mm-hmm. and then there's there's just these hours and hours and hours of consuming other kinds of media that that are not mm-hmm. that are not uh, morally neutral. Uh, is that what's happening here? Well, I'll, I'll use an illustration. Let's say you go to the mall and the barbecue place on the same day. We'll use the Edley's, uh, okay. boot off the Edley's conversation. Let's <laughs> say you go to the mall and you spend 10 minutes in the perfume section of the mall, picking out a perfume as a, you know, a gift for somebody. And then you spend two hours in the barbecue restaurant. Which do you think you're going to smell like? Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you're going to smell like the barbecue smoke, uh, because you've been sitting in it for most of the day and you only sat, you know, for 10 minutes in the perfume section. And, and, um, you know, we, we become who and what we're with, uh, you know, whatever and whoever we are with, uh, has a, a rubbing off effect. And, 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 uh, when, when we're not with Christ, and we're, when we're not with the body of Christ, and we're, when we're not with Scripture, uh, on a, you know, and, and if we're not looking to all all of those to be our primary forming and shaping uh, influences, then then we're going to be formed and shaped by something or someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Jamie Smith has ri- written a book about this called "You Are What You Love," and essentially his theory is that. Um, that we come to love 
uh, what we invest in, you know, and, and we, we tend to have it reversed. We think, well, if we invest, if, if we love something, then we'll invest in it. You know, we, we wait until we're feeling it uh, mm-hmm. before we'll pour ourselves into something or someone. We have to wait until we feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what Smith says is it actually works the other way around. And C.S. Lewis wrote about this, too. That you, you, you fall in love with somebody by actually committing to love them. And, 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 and over time, uh, through commitment, through covenant, through giving yourself to something or to someone, uh, you know, you, you eventually look back and you see that you have been shaped and formed mm. by what you've, what you've given yourself to. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll maintain again that it's, 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 it's the current state of affairs that, uh, that a, a sizable number of American Christians have given themselves to the political partisan, uh, clamor uh, of the day and and that's what we've become uh and and there's a way out but 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 we've got to we've got to redirect our 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 uh, investment so to speak of time and attention and so it, on it seems clear to me in these uh rancorous back and forths whether they're um cable news live people yelling at each other or whether it's on Twitter or Facebook and people are going back and forth that there seems to be um, a level of passion about politics or things that are tangentially related or spun off of uh, politics um, that bring a, a, a gut level reaction as it were uh, that we don't always see on the uh, spirit of God side of things. Uh, there's almost a uh, more matter-of-factness on the spiritual side. Uh, if I have this set of facts lined up, or this set, of th- this if my theological grid is aligned correctly, then that's the most important thing. And the passionate side of things, or the passionate Marty, gets all riled up if someone says something that's out of whack about, um, you know, a factoid or um, uh, some political move or a politician. Um, what is, what is driving that being more, um, uh, rational, that's probably the wrong word, but being more rational in the approach that we have that we're taking a lot of time to scripture or is it, or maybe is it just dispassionate? We're just dispassionate about God and very passionate about these other things. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I think what's coming to mind is I hear you ask the question, is uh, some of Jesus's teaching about listening and speaking, mm-hmm. uh, and he, you know, he, he says, and the scriptures say, "Be quick to listen and slow to speak." I think that um, in today's climate, um, many of us would have to admit that we've got those two things reversed: mm-hmm. that we're quick to speak and slow to listen. We've got a lot of strong opinions; not all of them are well formed, uh, and yet, <laughs> at least, they're not as well formed as we are willing to. <laughs> to air them. Um, you know, social media makes everybody an expert. Uh, and, um, and the other is, you know, when Jesus taught about conflict, he said that, uh, before you try to remove a speck from someone else's eye, remove the log from your own. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, meaning, um, uh, you know, to, to see yourself as a contributor to the problem, in fact, uh, to, to see yourself as a big contributor mm-hmm. to whatever problems you have yeah. and, 
and start that way. Uh, and you know, if you start with your own hypocrisy, uh, chances are you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come into this conflict with the kind of posture that might have a good chance of persuading the other person. And um, but we've got that reverse too, and we think the logs are in somebody else's eye. Yeah. And and the specs are in our own. That's how partisan politics works, right? Like like partisan politics. I hate to keep bringing it back to that. But, well, but, I mean, that's where we are, though. But that's that's where we are, and that's that's what shapes and forms most American adults is is partisan politics. That's what we fixate on. That's what makes us mad, and that's what makes us happy is whatever's going on in politics, and 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 it's the cause that we want to get ourselves behind. And this, and 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 you know, partisan politics is always demonizing the other side, always. Mm-hmm pointing out the plank in, in the eye of the other side and maybe occasionally be willing to engage the idea that there might be a speck uh, <laughs> in, in our own eye. Maybe, um, maybe there's a speck. May, maybe. Um, and, and uh, that we, we've essentially reversed the way of Jesus in, mm. in both of these things. We talk more than we listen. Our mouths are bigger than our ears. And, uh, we, we think that other people are the biggest problem and, and that we're the smallest contributors to the problem. And Jesus said, I want you to approach the world. I want you to approach your neighbor. I want you to approach causes and issues and concerns in the opposite way. And, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no sociologist, but, but that's my instinct. How um how then does giving a gentle answer? So we're going to lead just straight into the book. Uh, how does giving a gentle answer work in these things to help us uh, more exemplify the the life of Christ in the way that we engage each other in the public square? Um, well, a gentle answer is based on Proverbs fifteen one, where it says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Uh, in other words, if if there is Rage and and uh, anger in an equation. Mm-hmm. The thing the thing that's going to defuse the rage and anger is not more rage and anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's where you get things like war yeah. and things like bickering and things like um, you know friend breakups mm-hmm. and divorces and 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 those sorts of things. Um, uh, we, 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 we want to, um, we want to consider, don't we, that, that, that at least the rational side of us wants to consider what is it that, that, that defuses wrath? It's, it's kindness. It's, uh, you know, even the Bible says that, that people repent because God is kind, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. say that, that it's our repentance that causes God to be kind. It says that God's <laughs> kindness, God's kindness leads us to repentance. God's kindness, God's kindness makes us want to renounce the ugliest parts of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and get on board with him. It's his kindness. It's the grace of God, the kindness of God that leads us to want to get on board with him. Um, and think about it. Think about the, Marty, the, the, the arguments we get into. Um, nobody wants to go first in saying, I'm sorry. Right. 
But when it, whenever somebody does go first, the other person, unless they're a, a sociopath, the other person is going to melt and, and, and say, oh, I'm sorry, too. Um, and so the, you know, the, the question is, uh, you know, what, what do we need in order to be, be and become the kinds of people who go first Mm -hmm. with, with kindness, with kindness and, and with an apology, if an apology is due. Um, you know, there's this book that Donald Miller wrote several years ago called blue like jazz. Yep. And he proposed uh, and exemplified, um, you know, Don lives in Nashville now. I didn't uh, know that. I've never met him, was, though. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, he's moved on from memoirs and is doing great things in the world of business and marketing right. now, but, but just a super guy. But his, uh, his, his first sort of popular book, Blue Like Jazz, um, if you've read it, you may remember that, that, um, you know, he and a few fellow Christians on their college campus in Oregon yes. decided they were going to set up an apology booth yes. uh, in, in which their fellow students who specifically were LGBTQ students could come into the booth and Christians could apologize to them for the ways that Christians had treated people in the LGBTQ community. I remember that. Uh, through, you know, judgment and scorn and harshness and, and those sorts of things. And it, it, it opened up all kinds of conversation. Uh, it, 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 it paved the way for all kinds of friendships that, 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 that looked a lot like uh, the kinds of friendships that Jesus formed mm-hmm. um, with, with searching people. And, and, but, but the, the thing that needed to happen was the Christians needed to go first yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. or else those conversations would have never happened. And, um, and so what does that look like in, today's climate um maybe it's white evangelicals going first uh you know saying black community we realize that we have been so complicit Mm. uh in and and sometimes the actual perpetrators Mm -hmm. in in the pain that 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 black and brown skinned people especially have experienced for the last 400 years yeah uh, you know, and, and, um, you know, <laughs> Native Americans, we're sorry, so sorry for the same 400 years, not recognizing your pain, uh, every, every year when Columbus Day comes around, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what, wh- why would Christians not go first? Um, and, and. And own the things that we've either done uh, and participated in, or become complicit in by not speaking loudly enough uh, or standing up strongly enough when you know when a a person or, or group in the human community has been um, injured. Yeah, you're listening to Uncommentary, and I'm talking to Scott Sauls about a lot of things, uh, including his book, A Gentle Answer. And we'll be right back after this. So what does it take to keep uncommentary on the air? Uh, Technically, it doesn't cost a lot. Um, There's costs associated with editing. There's costs associated with scheduling. 
And there's not a lot more, but nobody gets rich off of podcasts that they do from their room in their home. Uh, it's all about getting the content out and uh, doing what people uh, like and maybe even need to hear. So I do want to encourage you to become a Patreon uh, or at least maybe a one-time gift. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash uncommentary, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month. I mean, that's like foregoing a 20-ounce Coke one time a month. And you can become a uh, $2 a month contributor, supporter level. Uh, if you choose the $3 a month, you'll get a podcast logo, an uncommentary podcast logo. If you choose $5, the gold level, you'll get a mug. And these are actually pretty nice um, mugs. If you choose $10, you'll get a sticker and a mug. Uh, if you go above that, then there's other stuff. I mean, if you've just got like money to spare and you want to give $250 a month, we could really do some upgrades around here. Um, but the reality is it doesn't take a lot and uh, a little bit helps out a ton and makes it worthwhile. And occasionally I can take my wife out for a meal. Uh, if you'd rather do a one-time thing, you can use PayPal, paypal.me slash uncommentary pod. That's paypal.me slash uncommentary pod or Patreon is monthly. And these are uh, auto drafts. So you don't have to write checks. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go back to the website. Uh, the $2 is gone. The $3 is gone. And really uh, you never miss it. So that's patreon.com slash uncommentary as well. And now back to this week's episode. Um, now, Scott, I've never, you know, put anything on social media that would hurt anybody's feelings or be offensive in any way. I've always been exactly like Jesus and everything that I've tweeted. Um, mm-hmm. Not really. Um, so, you know, it's always somebody else that's that's tweeting something dumb. And so I see them tweeting something dumb and I feel like that I have to respond in some way. Um, is there a grid that you work through? Is there a grid that you recommend people? Is it like sit down and count to three or read a Psalm or something before you respond that, that could help us elevate, if not the actual dialogue, at least the the feeling that we get on social media, that oftentimes we feel like we need to take a shower or wash our you know fingertips off with soap or something like that. Um, is there a way to, that we can elevate the presence of the spirit of Christ on social media? Uh, I would hope so. Um, well, that doesn't sound I, very hopeful, dude. I mean, come on, that's a huge you know, pause. I mean. I mean, social media is both an op- it's an opportunity uh, that's there for followers of Christ to be what uh, some people call counterculture. To be counter is not necessarily to be against in a in a hostile mm-hmm. fighting put up your dukes kind of way. But mm-hmm. to be counterculture is to be different than culture. In, in, in a way that is more appealing and attractive and beautiful than, than what the culture is doing. And, you know, uh, it, you go on social media, especially Twitter. Twitter's the, probably the worst. Uh, Facebook is right behind it. <laughs> and then, then Instagram is a little bit more friendly and, and, and maybe more passive aggressive. It's a lot harder to, to fight on Instagram, man. I mean, you really got to work Overtly aggressive. Yeah, that's right. But but maybe get off of everything except Instagram if, <laughs> if you keep digging holes for yourself. Uh, but uh, if you're not digging holes for yourself and you 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 want to uh, you want to make a positive difference in that platform, if 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 that's possible, then you know try 
being life-giving instead of argumentative. Start there. Save your arguments for in person with people that you're actually in relationship with. Because mm. uh, it's kind of wasted time and wasted space to get into arguments uh, with um, strangers on Facebook. I, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever met somebody with the story. You know, I used to think this way, but now I think the opposite because of an argument I got into with somebody on Facebook and, <laughs> and their, and their, their insults and their, yeah, buts and their gotcha questions were so compelling <laughs> that I completely did a 180 on the issue. No, I've never met that. I've never met a person with that story, man. I'm not sure that person exists in real life. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, so now we are, I mean, at least in, theoretically, we're going to be going into election season in the next couple of three months. It's going to be weird. Um, it, it's a slow roll this time in, in a way that I don't recall in my lifetime, certainly not in my immediate memory of we're now less than what we're four months out, I guess like this week, we're four months out from the election and there haven't been conventions. The it's everything is vir- almost everything is online. Um, you know, there's pot shots being taken from the two primary candidates on Twitter of all things. Um, wh- what can we, do you think it's going to devolve into the same kind of 2016 crassness and meanness and belligerence or has enough happened this year that we're going to have a little bit of a buffer from some of that? Do you have a sense of it? Oh, I think it will be belligerent. Okay. Yes. There's no no doubt. Well, I'm coming after you, buddy. Not a doubt in my mind. Great. Knock yourself out. <laughs> so, um, so from our perspective, if we're we're believers, uh, we want to. I, I love the fact that you used perfume and and barbecue smoke because there is this imagery in one of Paul's epistles, I guess, of being the fragrance of Christ. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's a, my mind went there immediately as you were, well, once my mind got off the barbecue, it went immediately to the fragrance of Christ. So Mm -hmm. being the fragrance of Christ on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever it might be is going to be important in a time when it is going to be antagonistic and potentially like super antagonistic. What Mm -hmm. would it, what's it going to look like for Scott Sauls to be on Twitter? in a time when it's very antagonistic and people are being very belligerent toward one another, what is it going to look like for Scott Saul's Twitter account to have the fragrance of Christ? Um, I'm, I'm probably just going to try to not enter the fray of, of bickering, Mm. you know, um, it's probably more what, what I don't want to be rather than what I do want to be. Okay. And so I don't, I don't have a master plan or strategy except just to try to not be difficult for people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, do you recommend like typing a draft tweet and letting it sit there for a while and then making sure you actually want to tweet it before you do? Or is it, uh, is it more, let's just have the mind of Christ and, Uh, be careful about responding at all and guard our hearts and minds in the way that we're even thinking about what people say rather than getting locked and loaded and have to talk ourselves off the, off the ledge. Yeah. I think the ideal is to, 
become the kind of person who uh, is tempted less and less and less to 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 be difficult, <laughs> you know, and and to to troll people and and get get caught in the weeds, mm-hmm. um, you know, to cultivate the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, you know, if, if those if those fruit are growing in our lives uh, because of our daily investment uh, in life in Christ, uh, then um, we'll probably be less likely to to want to put zingers out there. Mm. That makes sense. I'd say the focus is probably shouldn't be on becoming the kind of person who counts to ten before they hit sin. <laughs> um, you know, because that means we haven't really dealt with the root of right, things. Right. If we have to count, if we have to count to ten, let's try to become the kinds of people who don't have to count to ten because yeah. we're not as as tempted as we once were to to zing people. See, that's a real, you brought up something really good. It's, you know, when you're talking about the fruit of the spirit, it's why is it so often that the fruit of the spirit doesn't seem to be growing in the social media realm? And it's so easy to behave in ways that do not reflect, is that the right verb? Do not reflect the working of Christ. Uh, When you were, when you were talking about that, just, I never thought about it, but it's like, uh, in our lives, you know, we, we imagine that we have the fruit of the spirit being exhibited in our homes or in our workplace or, you know, in our life group or small group or whatever. And we feel like we might mm-hmm. be growing. And somehow there's this artificial distinction sometimes between those parts of our lives and the social media part where we're not always thinking as much about how the fruit of the spirit should be exhibited, uh, through the keyboard as it would be like from our literal mouth as we're speaking to someone. And I don't, I don't really know. Is is that because we're not there? Is it because words are, you know, we feel like they're just, they're flat, uh, emotionless, although they can sure stir emotion. Um, is, is that what we're dealing with here? Is there some, you know, distortion of reality for lack of a better way to say it? That's that help that, that allows us to more easily ignore the fruit of the spirit in those realms um, can you rephrase the question? I don't even know what I'm asking, really. I mean, I don't, I don't say, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't say it to be funny, but, um, it's almost like there's a distinction in the way that we treat social media, that it's not real life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that we don't think about how the fruit of the spirit would look in our social media behavior in the same way that we would think about it. So if you preached a sermon Sunday on the fruit of the spirit, and you enumerated them like you did just a moment ago, that we would mm-hmm. often think about how that should look at home, for instance. I'll just use one example. But we don't mm-hmm. often think about how would that look the next time I send a tweet. Why do you think mm-hmm. there is that dichotomy? Uh, maybe lack of accountability. Okay. Um, you know, you can... You, you don't have to answer as much for what you do on your computer as you do for what you do and say in person. That's a good point. That is a good point. So, um, a general answer. What's the, what's the subtitle? Uh, our secret weapon in an age of us against them. 
and it's available. It's been out for about a month today, right? Uh, about a month. Okay. Yeah, it's been that long, I guess, hasn't it? I think June 2nd is when it dropped. And uh, if you're yeah. in the Nashville area, yeah. uh, take your copy over to Christ Presbyterian Church and hit Scott up after church, and he'll sign it for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy to do that. <laughs> once once uh, you can go back to church uh, in person. <laughs> uh, Scott Sauls, thank you so much for being on Uncommentary today. Thanks so much for having me. As always, thank you for listening to Uncommentary. If you'd like to keep up with me on Twitter, it's at Marty Duran. If you'd like to follow the podcast account, it's at UncommentaryPod. Please rate and review. And whichever podcatcher you listen to, uh, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Podbean uh, or Overcast or CastBox, whichever one you use, uh, if you can rate and review, then that would be awesome. It just helps with search results and gives some credibility uh, to the podcast itself. Uh, and as you have an opportunity, if you would promote it, whether you uh, put the link from uncommentarypodcast.com uh, on your Facebook page or if you tweet the link or retweet the uh, the initial broadcast that it's live, uh, anything like that to help spread the word is always appreciated. And as always, uh, Solidale Gloria, this is Marty Duran for Uncommentary Podcast. Uncommentary Podcast.